Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Dr. Maxwell, and we in here for another Bring the Smoke. We have Dr. Karen Sturdivant up in the house. She just wrote a book, and she's just brilliant. I'm just going to let her introduce herself and tell you, kind of just lay her bio out so you can know what type of weight we have on this show right now. Okay, well, I'm looking at this camera. It doesn't matter how you do it. Okay, well, I am Dr. Karen Sturdivant. I was born and raised in Newport News, Virginia. A little bit about my background. I worked for Fort Eustis as a paralegal for a little bit. And then I went to school and got my master's degree in public policy, government, and law. And then I got my doctorates at Regent University in business leadership. And I specialize in coaching and consulting. Um, a little bit about my career history is that I was a VP of a university. Um, so we were over School of Health Sciences, business, CIST, nursing, culinary. Um, on the side, I did a lot of consulting work for a little bit of businesses. So that's just a little bit about me. It's just a little bit, man. A little bit. <laughs> she She's very weighted. She's over our Democratic committee here in Newport News. She helps people with their campaign. She makes sure that she changes certain policies as well, you know, to make sure that she take care of not just people of color, but everybody and women and, and, and everything else. So the main reason I want to talk today is I had the honor of writing her forward for her new book. Beat. Let them know what beat stands for. Because I know when I talk about beat, they be like, ooh, they beat my face. For, for you white people, beat your face means they did your makeup real good. You feel me? You might think somebody beating on somebody. So we just want her to let you know from her from her standpoint what does beat stand for for her book. Well, beat stands for black, educated, annoyed, and tired. And this book... <laughs> was mostly written for us black executive women um, in higher leadership positions and just trying to journey through um, that heavy weight and that role of being a black woman working mostly in a white system that wasn't designed for us. And so how do we navigate that as well as keep the Lord in position um, for us to move and change and make allies and make a difference? And a lot of people think when you're spiritual, you shouldn't deal with race and we're Christians and all that. But we still Christians, but people still see race. You can't say you don't see it. Moses was called to emancipate, free his people. So even though it was biblical, Israelites were under the oppression of the Egyptians. And at one point, he didn't get his theology all the way together. He was struggling between the Israelite and himself and the Egyptian because he was raised up as an Egyptian, but his true self came out. You can see the inner turmoil of him fighting himself within, and it came out, you know what? I'm more of an Israelite than I am an Egyptian, and I need to liberate my people. So at the end of the day, what am I? You have to learn how to be balanced in this country as an African-American, because first of all, we're not even from Africa, even though our ancestors are from Africa. We were born here in America, and a lot of times we don't even have an identity right here. Africa, like you ain't from Africa. Americans, like you're not from Americans. We went from African American. Well, first we went from nigger, nigger, yeah, nigger, <laughs> to Negro, mm -hmm. to Afro American, black. We, we a lot of times we don't even know how to identify 
ourselves and the struggle in this country of race. You go to Jamaica. I went to Jamaica. The first time I ever went out the country was in Jamaica. And I was like, oh, we a white Jamaican. And the young lady I was dating I was like, no, he just a Jamaican. But he a white Jamaican. I ain't never seen a white Jamaican That's before. Right. <laughs> and I was, and I was, look, I'm in here like a little kid. I'm pointing at him like, it's a white Jamaican. <laughs> she was like, he's not a white Jamaican. He's just Jamaican. And when I started traveling abroad, I started realizing America is the one that differentiate, differentiates with color. Yes. Everyone else, if you go to China, you just Chinese. You go to Japan, you just Japanese. You go to Jamaican, no matter what your hue is, you're Jamaican. You understand? So, I mean, you go to London and you see all the different colors. That's right. You English. So at the That's end of the right. day, it's like, wow, we are the only ones that differentiate color as a race so we should be all american but because of the hierarchy that we have here because of the economic unrest and injustice that goes on we separate and dif differentiate what color but your book my good just tell me the emotions you went through because i was reading your book and i was like ah i was getting mad man <laughs> i was getting absolutely upset but it was true i'm like black women go through this they really ask them questions about their hair like that what in the world please let me know the emotions that you had i know you had to go through some emotions right this it book. was and it was stages at first it was like okay my voice is not silent anymore i get to speak my truth and tell my narrative because you know they tell our narratives for us, what okay. we see on TV, how we're supposed to act, what we do, what the causes are. And so it felt I felt a burden lifted telling my narrative. But I also was angry. Yes, I know. I, could I was feel angry it. because I suppressed the emotions for so, so many years because we as black women face the stereotype. Oh, my gosh. If I say something, am I going to be called angry? Am I going to be called disgruntled? Okay, I can't be like that because I don't have the same concessions everyone has. So I could be a black woman and a doctor and I have a white man or a white woman who's a doctor next to me. They can scream. They can get upset. They can walk, at, walk out of meetings. I'm not allowed to do that because there's going to be a stereotypical conversation um, that comes with, okay, Karen is just upset. Here goes the angry black woman. Oh, and now if I say that, oh, she's making it about race. It's all about race. And so there's this conflicting war inside of us black women. Do I say something? Do I not say something? When is too much? When do I speak out for my people? You know, and so God was just dealing with me on this journey while writing the book because I don't have all the answers. Me and my colleague, Dr. Hughes, I just want to say we are co-authors on the book. Um, and so just our lived experiences and just through the book, the Lord was saying, I didn't call you to be silent. Just like Moses, I called you to set our people free. And yes, it's about black women, but it's also about accountability with other women. Because black women, we fight for, I mean, we're set out there and we'll march with other women about their freedoms, about, you know, what their passion is for. We'll hold up signs. Come on, sister, I'm with you. But when it comes to black women, where is every, where's the other woman? We're alone. Right. You know, so this book is not just to tell our stories, but we also need allies. And if we don't speak the truth, we can't get healing. Ooh. If we don't speak the truth and it's our truth and we need to be believed, you know, we say, um, yes, there's discrimination in the workplace. It's unfair, but we're not believed 
as black women. And that's hurtful. And so now we want to be able to tell our narrative, our story, not to demise any other race, but to say, hey, we're black women. We're one of the most educated population in the United States as black women. We're the woman that holds the most degrees out of any other race. Yet our voice is silent in the workplace. Um, but when the workplace and organizations are at a standstill, and they're not moving and they're not profiting. We are the ones that they come to, to clean it up. Reverend, look, look, and I love the way you brought up Moses because Moses, even though he was called to be the great emancipator, mm -hmm. he couldn't speak. That's right. So God had to give him Aaron to talk for him. And some of you all women who can't speak, who feel like you don't have any power, you definitely need to get this book because this book can speak for you. And you can say, you know what? I need you to read this book because it shouldn't just be black women reading it. Black men definitely That's should right. read it because as a black man, we always feel like we go through a lot, which we do. Because if you look at America, the way it's set up, when you look at section eight, when you look at how they trying to help the, the, the black family, they're not really trying to help the black family because if the black man continues to come by the house, they're going to cancel the section eight because they want to split up the family. That was the whole means of it. They split That's the right. family up, get the man out. And then I always was looking at it like they rather pay the black woman more than the black man because at the end of the day, that puts him in a place of subservientness. That's and right. he don't understand. And he, sometimes our pride can't handle it. You know, like, you make more money than me, I'm good because I make money. So I ain't saying, you know, you got to be broke. You can have some money with me. I wash the dishes. <laughs> Look, you ain't got to be broke to be with me. So, but but, but what I'm saying is it's hard. And so this book gives a voice to it because you helped me because I always looked at it like as a black man, we, we go through more. You all... If we went up to the porch back in the 50s and 60s, we was going to get shot. So the black That's woman right. had to be up there and be strong because if the black man walked out there, they so intimidated by us. That's right. They shoot us. That's right. Even today, they still do it. That's See, people right. think I have. I love everybody. I love the police. But I don't have in-touch basketball because I love the police. I have in-touch basketball because they shoot black folk. And I need to begin to That's create right. some positive interactions. That's right. And you have to speak truth to power. So in certain avenues, I'm able to be in the inside of the room. But because they're, they're, they know me, I can have tough conversations and change a lot of inside right. policy. So that's why it's good. And you being on the inside, being at the Ivy League schools, working in these big universities, mm -hmm. people know you. And so then they like, oh, she different, but you like, I'm not different. That's right. It's just you, 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 you know me. And so this is, let me help white people out. If you really say you love the black friend that you hang around, if you really say you love Dr. Sturdivant, who you're around, listen to them and stop giving your opinion because you don't actually know what goes on. Many times I've told a hey, chief man, this person racist. He sit me on the board and he'll listen to me when I'm hiring people. He'll be like, man, it did come out this. Yeah. Cause black people, we know we got a sense. We know what you're saying and we know what you're not. Saying. Right. right. And so for him to trust me enough to understand that he understands, you know what? Some white people, some white police, they're not going to act racist around me as far as the chief because they know I'm not racist. So they're going to hide it. They're going to camouflage it. And so when you hear a black person that you respect, because I know you're not going to listen to all of us. If you listen, if you hear a black person that you respect, that you honor, that you love, just stop trying to tell your truth because our truth is what we experience.
So when you read this book and you know her, just understand it's truth. It's not whining. Black people still get shot with their hands up. That's right. Right. Black people still get shot. Do you understand in America, if you shoot a black person and you're white and you kill them, there's a 250 percent chance that you would not go to jail. That's right. You got to kill 2.5 Negroes before they think you're crazy right. in a stand your ground state. It's a 350 percent chance that you will get off if you shoot a black person or kill a black person. So that means you got to kill 3.5 Negroes yeah. <laughs> before they think you racist. So you got to almost kill four people. Like, oh, you know what? It's a problem. And so if you think about how the world does women and you and you see how the world does the black man, because look at how they do the black woman and what made your book let me see was this. And I think I even talked to Justin about it. When you begin and you somebody about it and when you look at how they elevate the black woman a little bit above the black man, but they still ostracize the black woman. That's right. So they give her a place where a black man not comfortable being with her. And although it hurts the black man, it hurts the black woman, too, because she wants somebody to cover her. She wants somebody to be there for her. And so, so, so many times black men are uh, intimidated by a woman that makes more money and that begins to tear up the fabric of the family. And sometimes a man can be professional and go up to the job and say something, keeping it real. Man, Mr. Taylor. That's right. <laughs> Mr. Taylor, very calm, man. That's my dude, rest in peace. My next door neighbor growing up, you know how they say it takes a village. This guy really was one of the people that raised me. I mean, he real talked real slow, you know, real soft-spoken. But this one guy kept harassing Miss Taylor at the job. She was an assistant superintendent. I think she was uh, she was high in, in educational piece and the man kept harassing her. And so Mr. Taylor wanted that she didn't know he had to talk with him, but he was real calm and they worked it out. But my thing is, he was so soft-smoking, I didn't even realize that she was like, I can't believe Ezra went up here and did that. But that's what a black man or a man is supposed to do. But a lot of times black women are in this fight by themselves because the world has ostracized the black man, made him beneath the black woman, and we get upset. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, even though they elevate them, they still using that situation to cut. That's right. Their ties off to have some type of help. Cause you know, it's good. One walking by, they say it's better for two to walk together. Cause they say that one fall down, the other one can help them up. And so when black women are walking alone with their kids, black women are walking alone in the workplace. They don't have anybody to come home to, to say, Hey, this is what's going on with me and let their emotions fly. Cause sometimes the emotions, we know we gotta be more polished. We know we gotta say it better in the workplace. And if we don't have that place to vent, it's not gonna, it's gonna come out like the way the white people speak. Cause white people, truth be told, you all can say what you want. This white That's lady, right. she was so nice to me when I had the accident. And the reason why I started in touch, I had an accident getting some medicine for one of my mm -hmm. across the street neighbors, older guy. I had an accident, car in front of the car in front of me stopped. They, I think they were trying to make that car hit them, but I hit the car behind them mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, I'm on the phone telling my neighbor I can't get the medicine. And all of a sudden, the white cop comes up. He said, hey, get off the phone. He fussing at me. You know, and I think I'm in such shock. I don't even react. That's right, yeah. And so... A white lady runs across the street. Why are you talking to him like that? Oh, it's because he black. And she to that to this day, you know how you so shocked. I can't, I can't even tell you what she looks like. Mm. I don't even I can't even tell you. But she came out of nowhere to defend me. My neighbor, even though he was sick, 
He asked me where I was, even though he was sick. I mean, sick, sick. He came up to the scene to make sure I was okay. But the thing about it is, if the white lady didn't come to my defense, who knows what would have happened? Because the shot over, Uh you know, maybe my my flight of my fight or flight comes out. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if I win the fight, still may end up getting shot. Still may end up going to jail for a cop that provoked me. That's right. So we need allies. We need. She's not going out here like how Malcolm X was in the beginning. What she's saying is she needs the white people. She needs the Hispanic people. She needs the, 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 the African people. She needs all of you all to support this book to make sure that the truth of black women are is told. And black men, we definitely need to know because we don't even know. It'll make your marriage better, I promise you. Even though I ain't married, I'm telling you. <laughs> Go ahead, talk, girl. But, talk you, too much. but you said something. <laughs> you said something really profound about having people of other races, um, and they can act like they're allies or think they're allies. You know, a genuine thinking they're allies, but they never really understand the true struggle. And I say this because I used to be married to a white man and my son's half white. Um, I have white friends, but sometimes I notice when I'm talking about the struggle, they want to interrupt me and say, well, but we, but we go through this. Don't do that. Don't, don't, that's another part of diminishing (laughs) our voices. Don't do that because your struggle is none in comparison to my daily experience. Do you see what I'm saying? There, white people weren't in slavery. I'm like, let's just be honest. Let's let's cut it, okay? And so, you know, I was giving this. Um, I was saying something to a friend, and she was like, "Well, when you say this about white people, it offends me." And my mouth just sat there like, "Wow, Lord!" And then God just started downloading. They don't. It's not that they can't understand. They don't want to understand because the amount of the accountability that's now placed on them, they'll be held accountable for it. And so I've been told, well, Karen, that came across a little defensive. Why is truth defensive? Why? Because as a black woman, I have power and authority in my voice that God gave me offensive to you. And so sometimes I think that we as a body of Christ, um, and to my white friends and sisters in Christ that we want to wrap truth up in so much love and fluff that we cannot be accountable for the sin that God detests. But let me, let me, let me, let me stop that. It's not love and fluff, fluff. Because the truth told, you tell it in love anyway. We need to do it in love. It's the fluff that they want. That's right. You understand? Because King, when he spoke, the only reason, see, I remember I was in school and they, the lady and I, sometimes you go back and wish, I wish I could have articulated it better. Mm-hmm. But they asked me, what would I get rid of? Malcolm X, by any means necessary, or Dr. King? Mm-hmm. And I said, neither. And so then they just went on and started talking like I ain't making any sense. But you can't win a baseball game with all pitches. That's right. Can't That's win right. a football game with all quarterbacks. That's right. Right? You got to have different... When King went to Chicago and tried to do that nonviolent, I ain't going to hit you back. He said he never feared for his life as much as he feared for his life. That's right. Because Malcolm X was a product. Leaders are products of their environment and they lead in the way that fits their culture. That's right. Right. And so you got to have all different types of standpoint. The only reason they listen to King is because Malcolm X, when he's 
came and had a, a revelation when he went to Mecca. He said, you know what? Everybody does need the help. We do need to bring white people. So he said, look here, I'm going to let them know, King, if you don't do, if they don't listen to you, we're going to come down there and do it another way. And then his voice all of a sudden That's became great. more palatable. So you know what happens is the reason why your voice sometimes isn't heard, I'm just keeping it real. We got it. People in the hood, we need y'all to be hood sometimes. I'm just keeping it 100. If I ain't saying burn that down, <laughs> I think I ain't saying burn that down. Especially <laughs> not in your own neighborhood. No. <laughs> but but what I am saying is, King was saying send Hosea Williams through the community to say stuff crazy. So when he came, they would listen. Mm-hmm. You know what happens is you speaking truth to power, but they they don't. The, 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 because of the way they're oppressing and giving us certain things with all these stipulations on it, it keeps the poor voices from talking the way they That's should. Right. And when the poor voices say what they're supposed to say in their, their gangster way, it makes your voice yeah. more palatable. But see, if that's the only person they be around is you. So sometimes we need that, man, let's go on a field trip, man. Let me take you to the hood. Let me, let me, let me take you over here to the jail. Let me let you see what really goes on and how African-Americans are being treated. You understand? So I just saying that I think we as black people are always trying to get upset and, and oppress and suppress the force of those individuals that we feel are ignorant. But no. Those voices that you may call ignorant, they still saying something. It That's doesn't right. matter. The way their voices are, it makes your voice more palatable and be able to hear the intelligent way that you speak. So we as black people, That's black right. men, help the black woman. Stop saying your struggle is worse. Black women, help the black man. Right. Stop saying your struggle is worse. We both going through the struggle. They just do it in a different way. We are sitting here in Virginia. Virginia. The home <laughs> of slavery. Oh. Where Plymouth Rock is. That's right. We That's had right. so many slaves that we had 200 and something thousand more slaves than the second place state, which is Tennessee. That's right. They bred us here to be subservient. So you would go over there. You know how we say you mother. That's actually the real thing. You would actually your mom. Yeah. Because they take you over here, you wouldn't know who your mama was, and they breed you with this woman you don't even know, and you have a sex with your own mama, but they doing this because they want to breed you and make you subservient. No other, and they always want to tell you, I love Jews, I got Jews, Jews really helped me with money, so I ain't trying to piss y'all off at all, because thank you for the loans that you give me. (laughs) So... Thank you for your nice, nice loans that you helped me to get my church. But they always want to say, like, the Holocaust was worse than what we went through in America. I ain't trying to compare notes, but at the end of the day, what you're saying is, I feel I feel more sorry for them because they color closer to mine. That's right. When when the light-skinned people come from around the world and trying to get here, they'll sit up there and try to help them. That's right. But when the Haitians try to come, huh? That's right. Right? Now, what's what's going on? Help me out. Y'all help me out. What's Russia? What's the, the country in Russia that's going through the turmoil? Ukraine. 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 Because they look a little closer to that, the color of the establishment. They have sympathy. That's right. And that's, but when you're going through apartheid in Africa. That's right. And ahead. that's why they had a whole, the Black Lives Matter caused so much controversy. And my thing was why? Because when the Holocaust was going on, those people's lives mattered at that time in history, like you're talking about culture. So in this time in history, 
Black Lives Matter. So what's the difference? It's it's not close enough to their color, like you're saying or describing. That's why you have an issue with it. Nowhere did we say that nobody's lives matter but black lives. What we're saying is this point in this day in history in the United States and across the world, black lives matter. Why? Because we're the ones being killed. Just like when the Jews were being killed, their lives matter in the Holocaust. And so there's this disconnect, um, especially in the body of Christ. You can't tell me that you're a Christian, but then don't love people. That's that that doesn't work for me. And so we need the, the body of Christ. The church church needs to step up. The white churches needs to step up. The Catholic Ooh. churches need to step up. You're she, saying that you love God's people. Show me where you love God's people. Show me. And so for black women, we're tired of, oh, let's just break the glass ceiling. Why do we have to break it? It should be destroyed. It should be non-existent. And so this is what this book is going to help with too. Um, and we are going to have another book coming about, we will reclaim our narratives as black men and black women. No longer will the media or politicians or famous people tell us what we think, how we believe by showing little snippets of clips of how how you think the black family is or how you think the black men are you know we like wine too we can have a seat at the country club too you know we're not all we're not all like in the hood or trying to be ghetto or what you portray on tv or twerking or all of that that's not that's not how we grew up as black families a lot of us were instilled with morals and values we dress nice go back and look at the 50s and 60s pictures of black men and women in their dress we were a men and women of excellence can I tell you? And we still are a men and women of excellence. But even when you look at twerking, white people try to twerk. They got no booties a lot of times. It's just, if you see a woman, a black lady with short shorts on, they seem like it's worse, but a white That's lady right. got the same short shorts right. on. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, unless they've been on the Stabmaster, it ain't as provocative or, or, or sexy or whatnot. It's funny how they talk about you, but then you pump your lips up trying to that's be that. That's right. But, 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 that's oh right. my God, I'm trying. But I'm, we don't get the same concessions, and that's what, that's the system we're fighting through. When you're talking about a black woman can wear short shorts, but a white woman can wear them, and it's a different concession. There's a different speech. There's a different talk. And so we can't bring, you can't ignore that slavery and segregation happened. I mean, what, 60, 70? It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. It I mean, my grandmother tells me stories about rocks being thrown at them. And my grandfather was in the military and being chased by the Ku Klux Klans while they were driving to uh, Alaska to their next military base. And so we think that, oh, this happened a long time ago. No. I mean, King no. was assassinated in 68. That's right. You know, they they just listed the dude in Georgia, you know, when he was running, jogging. That was like, what, a couple of years ago. They had the foot on the neck of, of George Floyd for eight, nine minutes and nobody did anything but sit up there and watch. You understand? So it still goes on to this day. And when we look at Black Lives Matter, the problem with black people is you want them to say it's okay. Mm -hmm. When you speak your truth, it don't matter if they believe you That's or not. Right. The problem rests with us. That's right. King, Malcolm X, Mega Evers, uh, uh, Marcus Garvey, you know, uh, Joseph Laurie. You know, you had those individuals mm. out there marching and they didn't care 
if you failed it. Malcolm X said, hey, the problem is you got a knife in my back, but you don't want to even admit the knife was there. That's right. Now, you want me to say That's as a right. white man sit up here terrorizing us coming and to, to tear down our neighborhoods and we saying protect our neighborhoods. The worst thing that happened was they knew what they were doing. Black Panther, they tried to make it look violent. Black Panther was feeding the homeless without the white establishment. They didn't have all those things. They was feeding. They was having after school programs. That was the main thing. But the problem was you had Fred Hampton, when he came up, he was bringing Ku Klux Klan people helping black people. Because he said the thing not, it was the oppression of poor people, period. That's right. This jogger went to KKK meetings and getting them on his side. <laughs> so when you start bringing people together, true. when yeah. King started talking about the poor people's march, that's when they killed them because it's all about the capital. Racism right. keeps white people, black people, all people oppressed. You Amen. know why? Because in jail, that's who make the stop signs. That's who made that's the beds. Right. So I could be making beds if the, if the jail wasn't making beds and selling the Sealy Pasta Petey for cheap. That's right. I could be making the stop signs. White people, somebody in the middle class could be making stop signs if the government wasn't capitalized on it. So that's what? Right. Slavery still goes on because you have a disproportionate amount of black people in jail. Like they even charge the, the, the boy. I know it was black on black. The boy was protecting his mother. Yeah. She was being beat down right. by a stranger being plummeted in her face. He shoots and you still charge. Ain't no way in heaven or hell that a white person would have been charged right. for that. Ain't That's no way. Right. So you look at it, you got to fight your way out of something you had the right to do to defend yourself. That's right. And you sit up here, black people, the only reason some black people started dealing with Black Lives Matter is because when George Floyd happened, a lot of white people agree with it. Why? That's Only because COVID slowed you down so much that you right. could not look that's away right. from it because you was in your house. That's right. It happens all the, the time. time. Yeah. But because you're moving so much, you don't have the time to sit there and be sensitive about it because it happens so much you desensitize. That's right. We, it happens all the time. Oh, oh, it just, he wasn't, man sitting down on the ground with his hands up still gets shot. Little boy called the police, shoot the little boy in the chest. When he calls the police, anytime they see black, they fear. That's why I'd rather see a big in-shape cop, because I feel like he's going to shoot later. You keep having these fat, out-of-shape folk out there on the street, yeah. they ain't got nothing but fear. That's right. And a black man with his power, ooh, they're going to piss the people off. See, her book wow. got me. See, her book got me. Book got me militant. But what? <laughs> not militant, but it's not even militant. It's just speaking truth to it's power. Yeah, amen. And it makes you passionate. That's right. And you got to understand black people stop needing permission to say your truth. That's right. Because a lot of times we don't even jump on board to help each other until the white man That's say right. it's okay. That's right. Oh, you know what? It's okay. That, yeah. that makes sense. You can say that now. Yeah. Well, I can say it anyway. And, and not be scared that you're going to offend someone. That's what God taught me when I was writing this book. Write your truth and stop worrying how it's going to be received by them. But, stop. But you know what, too? Yeah. We spend $90 million to send somebody to the moon. It don't, it, billions of dollars to send people to the moon. Billions of dollars to do this research. Statistics say if you took 60, 70 billion dollars, you can make sure every family in America was okay. That's right. To make sure they have something. They always tell us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but back in the day, make sure you put this clip in there. <laughs> I know you will find it. Back in the day, King said, you tell us how we need to pull ourselves up, but you gave you gave land to white people in the West and the Midwest to make sure they was okay. 
That's how they have generational wealth. You gave it to them for free. Yeah. When other people that's a little lighter than us come over here, you give them interest-free loans mm -hmm. to do cleaners. That's right. And restaurants and have places when we the one buying that's the house. Right. You give them interest-free loan. Give me an interest-free loan. Look, look, look. Black people, this is what I need you to do. White people, bear with me. Thank you for listening. Black people, you need to stop worrying about people. Oh, yeah, I know where I was going. The reason why you ever said your truth, you economically empowered. The, re the way to keep my voice silent is to have me economically powerless. That's right. Oh, because that's when right. I begin to be able to take care of myself, I can say what I want. That's right. I got a newbie's grow. Black church. No white people. Some white people there. But black people was trying to vote me out or whatever, but I didn't care. I had real estate. I had money in the bank. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, say what you want to say. If you want to put me, I'm going to do what God say. But That's so many right. pastors can't do what God say because they're worried about their check. That's right. Newbies growth. <laughs> I have newbies growth forgot to pay me for two and a half months. I didn't even realize it. That's why I love y'all. That's why I tell them to just pay me once a month so I can cook. <laughs> but they were paying me every other week. For two and a half months, I didn't get a check. Right? I only reason I knew I didn't get a check because I was going to buy that Land Rover, the, the, white, the white Land Rover, and they needed my check subs because they're like, we need to show that you bring in inconsistent money. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, my check subs. I said, oh my God, we ain't pay you. I ain't even know. And the thing about it is, I had people want to vote me out because I'm making changes. People were upset because I was in the community and they felt like I should have just been in the church. But because I was economically empowered, it didn't bother me. It don't never bother me. That is good. And so, God does call us to the marketplace. We got, we got to get out of that in the body of Christ. God calls us to the marketplace, to the industry. And this is a season where he's doing that. And so don't miss that. So... Girl, that was good. Do your thing. That was good. I saw her look at her watch. She ready to go. So. <laughs> did you look at my watch? Did I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> what time is? Uh, like twelve. Okay, we twelve. Oh, I got time. Yeah. So anyway. We're good. But but this is this is amazing when you have someone speaking truth in love, and I encourage not only black people, but I encourage everyone to read this book because it definitely will help you. And then if you have any questions, you got someone that can email you or something? I do. Yeah, go ahead. Let Dr. Know. Karen Sturdivant at gmail.com. And we're going to put the information at the screen yes. so you all can see it. But if you have questions, we don't mind asking questions. When I was running for office, man, I got so many questions. I got so many death threats, too. But I had so many questions, and I answered them, even with the mean people, because I knew that they just they still wanted to know. That's and right. Some of them didn't want to know. They just wanted to argue. But That's I'm going to give you truth. And when you give people truth, it disarms them because they, if, they're going to either come back and be like, oh, I see. Or they're going to come back with something even more ignorant. And mm -hmm. I, I look at Pat Roberts. So we had talked about how the shorts and the, and the short shorts and things. Like that nigga. Pat Roberts, he rests his soul. But at the end of the day, keep it 100. He was kind of racist. Yes. So at the end of the day, on the air, he says Trayvon Martin was shot because he had a hoodie on. Mm -hmm. And the black lady said, what? You know what you're saying? Yeah, he had a hoodie on. Like, white people with hoodie don't matter. He had a hoodie on. He black. shouldn't have had a hoodie on. That's why he got shot. Go pull it up. But he also said, when Michelle Obama had a sleeveless shirt, kind of like That's yours, right, yeah. that it was provocative, that she needed to dress right. When Trump's wife pictures came out that she was naked, oh, it's right. art. That's right. How is butt naked art? And your shoulders out provocative. That's right. Because the shade and the hue of the color. Or the tan suit Obama wore. Wow, that was the biggest scandal in the White House ever. <laughs> look, look. This is changing. So they say that because it was a black president, racism 
don't exist. The worst thing they had on Obama was the tan suit, and he killed a fly on Dag on the Tonight Show, and the animal rights was like he killed a fly. Mm-hmm. Right? That's it. Trump got all these indictments and scandals. Trump speaks ignorant as I don't know what. There's no way that if Obama had Trump's that's right personality, that's they right. ever would have became president. That's right. In that's fact, right. Obama made it possible. For him to become president because white people were so upset that a black man became president. That's they right. didn't care. They wanted That's somebody right. who hated. Let me go to the polar opposite. I go get people who ain't never even voted before because they're so racist. If you look at That's one of the right. interviews they had and they was talking about Obamacare and this man was fussing about it. And he said, you do know that whatever they call what's what's the other name for Obamacare? The real name for it. But anyway. They said the affordable health care. Affordable, yeah. He said he had affordable health He said, I like the affordable health care. And then the guy said, You do know that's Obamacare. What? Oh, well, I don't, I don't even know what I'm for. Like, he just stopped fussing. <laughs> like, oh, hold on. Obama, the reason why my pole behind got this. King would even say, This is why black people and white people that's, that don't have money definitely got to come together. King said he was sitting in the Birmingham jail and he was like, Man, he started asking them what they made. He said, man, you don't need to be arrested. You need to be out here marching with us. <laughs> you, you don't have money. And the funny, the, the way that he wrote that letter on the edge of paper became one of the greatest writings of all time when he wrote to the moderate white pastor. Hmm. He said, it's not the out loud talk of the enemies. It's the silence That's right. it's of the those silence. who say they're my ally. Yeah. It's, it's your silence. Time. And you telling us to wait. You telling us to negotiate. We try to negotiate. The only reason we doing mm-hmm. nonviolent resistance is because we trying to use this to get to the table to negotiate. That's right. Each time they told us that they were going to take away some of these um, separate but equal colored and whites. They, they, they did it for one second. They took mm-hmm. down some, left down the rest, and now they put them back up. Because it just wanted us to sit back and not do anything because the election was coming up. We went ahead and waited after the election, but we want our stuff now. And one thing about King, he didn't care if they agreed with him or not. That's right. He knew what the truth was. The same way Moses didn't care. The same way Joseph didn't care. Right? The same way Jeremiah didn't care. The same way Elijah didn't care. In fact, if you don't know, I'm talking about people in the Bible that had to liberate their people and Esther. the establishment. Esther. Hallelujah. Go Esther. ahead. Esther. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dorcas. There's mm-hmm. some old women, so I didn't want to get in trouble <laughs> on my own show. Yes. And they spoke truth to power. That's right. And it didn't matter what the establishment thought because they knew what their truth was. Until we began to speak our truth That's and right. say it with conviction. Right. Until we begin to establish our truth and say it with conviction, nobody's going to be convinced to help us anyway. That's right. You have to say it with authority and not be looking for permission. You know, I thought I turned this right. That's so good. Well, I don't want to hold you here for the rest of your life. (laughs) But this has been awesome. Leave them with a final thought. Any thought. It doesn't even matter. It don't even have to be related to this. It could be about your book. You can leave them with several thoughts if you want to. Just well, first. Thank you for letting me be on the smoke. Oh, thank you like, for I coming. I am so honored. So this is my first uh, time on a podcast. So you're going to, she's been doing great things in the city and great more to come. So thank you for that. But just one thought is speak up. This is not the season the Lord said. We just need to speak up, 
change systems, change the world. There is something new that's going on. And so this devotional is going to deliver a lot of women, but men as well. And we're really hoping that black men come beside us and just strengthen us because you guys have so much to offer and you're so empowered, which is why that's another whole show about why they try to keep you guys down. There's something empowering about a black man. Um, but just speak up and let's do this thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll have the next time we come talking about the black man, yeah. we're going to have you and your co-author on it at yep. the same. I know Dr. she Hughes. couldn't come, Dr. Hughes, so yes. she'll be here. Dr. Hughes, we letting you know you can send her <laughs> some dates and times that you can come on the show, whether you're, you're here in town or whether we Zoom you in. So we just thank we just thank you so thank much. You. And I, I promise you, read, read that book. It will definitely empower you. It will stir some emotions. And, and, and other races, if you want to really learn about the black woman as well please read this book black women if you want to learn about yourself because sometimes <laughs> sometimes this generation now they don't understand the history because they continue to try to whitewash our history That's they right. try to tell you slavery didn't exist you go to Williamsburg to do the tour they're like slavery was some great thing they're like it was they weren't really whipping you and beating you and uh -huh. cutting your limbs and so one thing I would say this don't let Willie Lynch continue to have power I know when I came here, we began to talk about this is the sin of slavery. Well, Willie Lynch, that's why I don't really like going to Lynchburg. So if you invite me to Lynchburg, you know, I'm going to be like Justin on that. He's going to be my consultant to make sure it's worth me getting down there. <laughs> so, so, but, but Willie Lynch, he told them how to control their slaves for over 400 years. And we've been in control, under control for a while. He said, put the dark against the light, the light against the dark. The old against the young, the field Negro against the house Negro, and just began to 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 to, to highlight their differences and use it to separate them, and they'll begin to trust you more than they trust themselves. Mm. And we've been right. under that influence for over four hundred years, even though we play sometimes, we still there's still a, a remnant when we say, right. "Man, you playing like you light skin, huh?" Ooh, light skin is coming back. <laughs> light skin be like, nah, man. Light skin, we got y'all. And even though we plan, right. at the end of the day, it's still the remnants yes. of the oppression That's right. you've been through. We say, why can we say nigga? And white people can't say nigga. They say nigga, first of all. First of all, I don't care what you are. You ain't getting no pass from me. So <laughs> right. the thing about it is, as black people, you had to take that word and make it a term of endearment just to deal with yourself. So, that's right. You calling me nigga all day. I'm, so we trying to take it because psychologically, you don't know what that does. They calling you your first name, boy, your last name, nigga. Uh -huh. They change your name. You had kids young enough to be people's grandchildren calling a grown man boy. Mm. And we had to bite our tongues. That's some right. of us weren't scared to die. We just knew we had wives that's and children that's at home. Right. So we bit our tongues to make sure that we endured the pain so we can live another day and take care of our kids. That's right. So a lot of times it was not the fear of dying because some of us even in chains jumped off the boat and said we'd rather die right, that's than right. get here. They, we tried to starve ourselves in slavery. They busted our teeth and forced so fed us. This is the history they want to erase. Yes. Because they don't want to give you what it is you're supposed to be due. Yet you still ask more of me. When Obama, not Obama, when Biden tries to give us relief from 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 student loans, then you 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 say it's unconstitutional because you don't want people free. 
Same with credit scores. That's another show. Yeah, you don't right. You don't you don't want people free. So anyway, I just had to end with that. I'm glad she here. So black lives matter doesn't mean white lives don't matter. It means y'all need to make sure black lives matter. Cause if, if black lives did matter, we wouldn't be getting shot by the police with our hands right. up and they we would have to be marching to get people indicted. Let me let me let me end with this. Some people are like, why we don't march when black people shoot black people? Hell, cause we know they're going to jail. What's the point of me wasting my time marching? Now, we should stop shooting each other, but this is what you yeah. need to know statistically. More white people kill white people. More Chinese people kill Chinese people. Just like more black people kill black people because you kill who you're around. Look it up on the FBI statistics. Most crimes are dealt with people who you're around. And you're usually around your kind. That's they just right. magnify hours more. That's right. When, and when, remember when it was, when it was um, um, New Orleans? And they were flooding. That's White people right. find it, they find bread. Black people, they loot it. Yep. All of it in the same water. All of it probably contaminated. <laughs> but when they see does. the white people, they say, wow, they found bread. They found food. Ooh, they looted. Same situation, same thing. Changing the narrative. But you change the narrative to make sure you put the negative connotation on it. Look in the in the in the dictionary, more black is bad. The black sheep of the family. That's right. Black ball, black male. That's right. White is always pure in this. And so then you begin to build up the ego of the white people to make sure that you continue to feed into the system that they have this this dominance, which is not true. That's what you begin to feed into white supremacy. Then you continue to see the black person sees all this negative connotation because you set up a system with white and black to make sure you began to give more positives of the white and more negatives of the black because that's the way to differentiate your racism. But anyway, I don't want to keep talking because she already told me I was on the time limit. You know, we are always bossing. Can't even have your own show. You know what I'm saying? always called me bossy since the first day he's met me. Oh, Lord. I'm like, you're just not used to someone telling you the right way to do things. <laughs> Could. <laughs> it's over. Show over. In the bring the smoke. He's like, you're so bossy. And I'm like, She said, Ew. you see what she said? You ain't used to nobody telling you the right way to do it. I'm <laughs> Dude, I'm done. Hey, everybody, how you doing? This book is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. And you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called Leadership Growth, The Power and the Pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willamaxwell.org or click on the links below and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country and I promise you it will bless your life.